Welcome everyone to Krypton to Alderaan. I'm Joey, and with me this episode is Royish Good Looks. Hello, podcast. How are you doing, Royce? How's everything going? I'm doing great. I am so excited because I know how much you want to talk about Star Wars animation on <laughs> on the average Krypton to Alderaan episode. And so here you have free reign. Free, oh my, I've never had so much power <laughs> unlimited power <laughs> i uh, i do love talking about anim- star wars animation on the average krypton to alderaan episode don't i so now you can get all the pent out rage every time someone's <laughs> like stop talking about the clone wars <laughs> never <laughs> so this episode we're going to talk about tales of the jedi if that wasn't made clear already. And maybe a little bit about the Clone Wars and maybe a little about some like ancillary canon stuff that's out there that led to some of these stories that I might not have a very positive feeling about, but we'll save that for when we save that for. Hot takes. Hot takes abound. (laughs) What are you drinking? Anything interesting? That's That's a fun thing to do on this show. All right, what are we drinking this episode? I am drinking a... Hellas Golden Lager from Sly Fox Brewing Company. Uh, I don't know where they are. What are you drinking, Royce? That sounds good. I want to have one of those. I've got a, uh, a sequench from Dogfish Head. Mm, nice. It's not the right season for that, Royce. I suppose I, there was a 60-minute IPA. It was this or that or that fruity beer that you had uh, like a couple of months ago, that like tall boy fruity thing from Canadigua. The beer smoothie yeah it said it expired in june so i didn't go for that one so we got we got the (laughs) sequence (laughs) now that we've got our beer preferences out of the way let's talk about cartoons let's talk about uh, (laughs) beer beer and cartoons two of my favorite things and ahsoka which is also one of my favorite things but i think we should start with dooku What do you think? Should we start talking about Dooku? Is there a smoother transition in there somewhere? I don't know. I would say Dooku is one of my now favorite things. So, oh, awesome. Favorite things all around. Starting off, let's talk about like, did any of us is the question. Did any of us have a connection to Dooku before this? I mean, I think he's an interesting character, but like, did you think that we would get more Dooku stories? He's kind of like an underdeveloped villain. It would have been so cool if Maul was in all of the prequels, you know, and they kill Maul at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith or something, you know, Mm. or in that arc and he gets to stick around. They kind of shoehorn in Dooku in episode two and they get rid of him right away in episode three of of the films, obviously. Speaking about not Mm -hmm. Tales of the Jedi, you know, Star Wars fans, what we're talking about (laughs) in the prequels. I feel like he's a little bit underdeveloped in the movies, but like, uh, what is that? Christopher Lee? Is that the yeah. Uh, yeah, actor? Yeah. Great actor to play that role. I like the idea of the character in the films, but it's just kind of like a generic bad guy. But obviously, if you knew anything about the backstory, he's Qui-Gon's master. And then now mm-hmm. we get their backstory in this. Did we need Dooku backstory? I don't know. But that's like, that's the question in Star Wars. Do we need any of the backstories? That's kind of like, that's the thing. Do we need it? Uh, We're making it anyway. And I think it was awesome, man. And not really like so much for the, I guess I said Dooku is my new favorite thing, but I think it's his connection to Qui-Gon that makes it really like romantically pleasing because Qui-Gon trains Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan trains Anakin, 
yada, yada, yada. It's uh, poetry. It rhymes. And mm. because of that, Dooku becomes interesting because he's sort of like the, the seed to the entire Skywalker saga. That's pretty crazy. And I think he, the character probably deserves more live action screen time because of that. It's almost like kind of silly that like we put him in these three arcs of a animated show, which is going to splash for the canon of files like yourself or people of the, you know, fans of the animated shows. But that's pretty cool and pretty big Star Wars lore that I almost feel like deserves its own like trilogy of films to see that or its own offshoot film. I like that. I could say much more. I'll, I'll leave it there for now. What was your takeaway with with Dooku and Qui-Gon? Um, I really liked it. I mean, I think getting into like the we need it thing, I think I've said this before, like we don't need any of this. It's a privilege like to be getting any of this nerd content. But did I ever think we would get more Dooku stuff? I was very surprised when they announced that for this series. There have been a couple of books like Dooku Jedi Lost, and he's featured some in Dark Disciple, which is like a Ventress and Quinlan Voss book. And that goes into his backstory some. I really, really loved this. Yeah, the Dooku arc. I really loved the Dooku arc. I loved getting the behind the scenes in the character. I love that Star Wars does this where like we're, we get such behind the scenes stuff for these villain characters. Like we've gotten it for Vader a lot and we've gotten it for Kylo Ren and now we have Dooku. And what I love about this, I love the Clone Wars for a lot of reasons. One specific reason is that it made us question the whole idea of the Republic and the Jedi and war and what war means to people. To me, the Clone Wars put the cracks in the armor of everything we knew about the Jedi and the politics of Star Wars, whereas the prequels were obviously very political movies. They did touch on it, but I think it was really enhanced by something like the Clone Wars. And what this did with Dooku, showing his the loss of his faith in the Jedi throughout this, I think is really relatable and really touching. And up until, you know, obviously he he turns and people do that. But really, really, I think, incredible and strong storytelling that really, again, fits in with what I love about that part of the Clone Wars. And a story that, like, we haven't seen in Star Wars. I guess Ahsoka left the Jedi Order in Clone Wars or whatever. But to see another Jedi do that, that that's like now a, a type of story that we're telling in Star Wars of people that were in the Jedi Order thought it was, you know, the dogmatic view of the Jedi or whatever mm. Palpatine says. And then they're like, I'm out of here. I don't believe in this anymore. Like, that's a really interesting thing to show. I guess they've kind of done stuff like that with uh, like Finn not wanting to be a stormtrooper or, or whatever. It's interesting, though, because that's the, it's a origin story for like an evil character, but from sort of idealistic reasons you know, that you can kind of get down with. I thought it was really powerful when when Yaddle's like, are you going to come to Qui-Gon's funeral? And he's like, I don't think I'd be welcome there. And she's like, oh, you blame the council? And he's like, yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then he's just out. And he goes and meets with Palpatine. And he's like totally moved on. But interesting that he's still walking those worlds where he's still talking with the Jedi. And he's like, you know, I don't hate you, Yaddle, but I don't dis I don't agree mm -hmm. with everything. And obviously she presses him and like pays the price for it. Like he's made his decisions. Very interesting. Yeah, I think so. Now that you brought up like the sequels, maybe the most like, I, I think some of the most interesting like thought thought lines are that of like DJ, where it's like, there's no good guy. Look, they're selling weapons. 
to the same. They're selling weapons to both sides, kind of thing. Where it's that more like ambiguous character. Mm-hmm. Up until like Dooku crosses the line, and you can see him feel that in the thing, which I also thought was very powerful. The only thing that I was kind of like, why Yaddle? Why <laughs> was when she like waited for him to meet with Palpatine before she was like, I am on your side, Dooku. I left the council because I I agree with you. I was like, oh, you should have told him that sooner. Not to blame Yaddle, just like, maybe he needed that. Because Windu obviously didn't. They only had so much time to tell the stories. That would be like, yeah. I don't know how much how many gripes we're going to get into, but it, the episodes were like 12 minutes long. So they, you yeah, know, yeah. They, they trim it down for size. But yeah, I feel you that like, ah, oh, I wonder if you could have done more there. I just think that's so interesting. And he's like, you... You guys aren't listening to Qui-Gon. You're not listening to me. Now Qui-Gon's dead. I'm going to go, like, delete Kamino from the Jedi archives and really stick it to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. As far as the episodes being, like, 12 or 15 minutes, it was really cool for them to fill in that timeline. Going through the timeline of Dooku, I thought was... Like, it filled in a lot of the gaps that I I guess I didn't really realize were there. Like, we jump so far from episode one to episode two. So it was neat to see that in between. And it, it kind of confused me at first. I was like, wait, when, what, what's the time frame here? When does Yaddle, like, when does Yaddle die? When does Dooku turn evil? Yeah. So it's kind of neat to put those pieces of the puzzles together. And again, like, creating a, creating a true saga instead of, like, a series of trilogies. Yeah. Well, and even that scene when he meets with Palpatine and Palpatine's like, I lost an apprentice, you lost an apprentice, we're even. You're like, you know, I'm saying he's underdeveloped in the prequels. And it's like, okay, that really makes a lot of sense. And it's perfect in the timeline. I'm not complaining about the length. Like it's, it. they could have made it like a whole season though, if they wanted to. I think it is perfect for people that aren't already into the animated shows that this is a great entry point. If you're like, what is Star Wars animated? Because it's so, I've complained about this a bunch. Like, it's hard to get into because there's so much of it now. And, like, eventually there'll be another season of Bad Batch. Like, there's a lot. And these six episodes you can watch in, like, an hour and a half, which is really uh, maybe even less than that. Like, it's great that you can just kind of consume it. And especially the Dooku arc, you know, that's only three episodes, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of cool way to jump in. Agreed. Make it more accessible to people. We need more fans, especially fans of animation. Hey, anyone out there who's a fan of animation? Let me know. CryptonDalderon at gmail.com or find me on Twitter maybe for at least a little while longer. Just search Krypton to Alderaan on all social media. I'd love to talk to you about Star Wars animation and not just at people. Do you have any gripes with with Dooku? With the story, with Dooku's story. No, I don't think so. I thought that maybe like him deleting Kamino was a little too on the nose and that it, that it literally was like empty trash. Are you sure this is, you cannot undo. <laughs> it seems a little like squirrely that any Jedi can come in and just like erase stuff from the archive. I always thought that that was a weird plot point in Attack of the Clones. Like if a planet's not in here, it doesn't exist. Like, man, that's a really big oversight. And also, like, he deleted it. Like, it exists at some point. Like, nobody referenced that file, like, in another file anywhere <laughs> else. It, so uh, that's a neither here nor there. But when I saw that, it was a little on the nose. But it's, I guess it's cute. Yeah, I'm glad they showed it. But I do think sort of what you're describing here maybe speaks to the overall, like... Uh, How arrogant like the, the Jedi hubris, are. The, yeah. a, the overall arrogance of the Jedi. 
that they think that they've like have every planet in that database and that nothing else, nothing could ever interfere with that. And if it's not there, it doesn't exist. But Dex over at the diner, I was talking to Dex at the diner. He's got all the info. He said, yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, she's like, oh, Qui-Gon's got an active imagination. That's, yeah, that was not a Sith. Like, no Sith, yeah. Pretty uh, heads up their butts there. Which, yeah, contributes to their downfall. Yoda even says it in another fabulous animated series, Star Wars Rebels. I think what I, I don't have any other gripes, but I think what I really liked about the Dooku and, and Qui-Gon, we're not really talking about Qui-Gon, but like that pairing, and even his pairing with Mace Windu, like uh, what I really liked about that is I saw a lot of parallels with uh, Jack Bauer from 24, mm. where like, you're just getting it done and you have strong <laughs> beliefs about how how things in the world should go and you're really good at your job and like you don't want to wait to ask for permission and like go through the protocols and and sometimes you have to do that and Dooku saw like a lot of opportunities where making a split second decision would be helpful and like obviously Qui-Gon sort of calms him down in, in the one episode in the next episode he doesn't get the promotion because he didn't follow the rules but Mace Windu does but without him breaking the rules, they would have never like solved the case to begin with. Mm. So I thought that was really interesting. It like total random connection, but it reminded me of that like Jack Bauer archetype character of like, I know what's going to get the result and the ends justifies the means, but that's not obviously the way the Jedi Council works. They follow the rules, you know, and more interesting development for those that as an organization, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is how we operate. You're not getting the promotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of an interesting from like their perspective, like extremes of the way they do things to no rules. And then Dooku's in the middle, kind of just over the line of the ends, justifying the means and doing whatever it takes, even if it means like hurting people or killing people. or Yeah, they like, like they that. didn't strip his status he, for any of that. Yeah. It's it's really interesting to think of it because I think it so here's here's the thesis maybe like it takes away I'm not saying Dooku's not a villain but his route to villainy was mapped out by losing faith in the Jedi Council because of what they became in that era which we've talked about before and I think is really enhanced by stuff like the High Republic where the Jedi of the prequel era they were their own downfall And they, you know, for whatever reason, whether they weren't like thinking clearly because the dark side was manipulating things or not, but it truly was their arrogance that pushed people away and made them lose. Yeah. Yep. And then Palpatine takes advantage of it and he he manipulates them a little further. Like, I don't think he would have been, you know, a Sith Lord. Like his his lightsaber still blue in that scene when he's fighting Yaddle. So, you know, like Palpatine obviously like had his hooks in him and made, made things a little bit worse. Yeah. Super interesting. I hope that we get... More Dooku. I wouldn't mind if they like, they don't seem like they retell stories in this era of Star Wars yet, but I would love to see like a live action, like prequel of him and and Qui-Gon. I've always wanted to see something with Qui-Gon beforehand. And this was a little teaser of it. I wouldn't mind if we got more. Let's talk about the Ahsoka episodes. I have a lot to say. As we're sitting here, I'm looking at my Ahsoka shrine that's in <laughs> that's behind me. How familiar are you with Ahsoka? <laughs> I've never heard of her. <laughs> Who? I I have a lot to say. I love the character a lot. I know the character very well. So I'd like to hear. Let me ask you this: Did you watch these in release order? Like, I assume. I guess I don't really know. I assume the release order is like time 
I think that makes sense. Order. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the chronological order. That is how right. I watched it. And I know you had mentioned before I watched it, you were like, you could like machete order it if you wanted to or whatever. I think it is nice to watch it in chronological order, though, mm -hmm. just because that's it's easier for your brain. But obviously, if you like one character or the other, I do think it's fair to like do the Mandalorian history binge and like just pick and choose yeah. like you can do that, too. Um, right. But yeah, I watched them in the chronological order. So what did you think of the Ahsoka arc? The biggest thing is like the Dooku stuff is so dark and brooding and, you know, being dissatisfied and you're making these difficult choices. And then Ahsoka's is like bright and colorful and it's so hopeful. And, you know, that's like, it's such a more pleasant story. Like you're seeing her like develop her powers or like the first moment where she can like commune with another creature through the force. Like that's so sweet. And then everyone's like, Ahsoka is Jedi. Like they have a baby, like it's so wholesome. And then the training with Anakin, it's like, that's really maybe not wholesome, but that's just a, a more levity to that sort of scene, especially the like uh, Groundhog Day nature of it. Mm. She's fallen down. He's like, get up, do it again. And she's like, I can do this again. Just a different energy to it. So it was a nice contrast. Um, but I, it might have made more sense to just have those as like, here's an arc mm. here and here's an arc here. But chronological is also very satisfying. I'm sure they debated that a lot uh, in, in the pre-production. I, I would love yeah. to know more about that. But I didn't enjoy it as much as the Dooku stuff. I didn't think there was as much to chew on because the arc spans like, you know, 20 years or something. Like, it's a long mm -hmm. time. You see her as a baby and then training with Anakin and then a little bit after Order 66. Whereas the Dooku stuff is like a perfect three-episode arc. It's not mm -hmm. just a bunch of random stories. So a little bit more of a tight story, but uh, not bad, but they're just kind of more individual, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't looked into how they relate to each other. It just seems to me like they're kind of, they bounce around. Interesting. I wonder about that because I did not feel that way, but I wonder if it's because obviously like I've consumed all the Clone Wars, so I feel like a large part of that gap is filled in. Now, Dooku was in a lot of the Clone Wars as well, but we didn't get like that character development. Ahsoka, Ahsoka's character is actually developed throughout the Clone Wars. Right. And there's a lot of time that's passed in that. So maybe that's why I didn't end up feeling that way. That also makes sense that they're like, she already has so much development. So let's tell a couple of random stories that we didn't tell in the Clone Wars. And that feels like Dooku's thing as well. Like, what are the, why does his character exist? Let's give some or origin story stuff. Ahsoka's already yeah. got so much information though. So what origin story haven't we covered? Her birth, you know? Yeah, yeah. Between the Clone Wars and Rebels. And then whatever that other episode was, was just kind of like a pre-training. Okay, that's what I wanted to ask. Uh, does the episode where she's training with the clones like lead directly into an episode of the Clone Wars? That seemed like they were putting a period, like she walked into the room with all the clones and that was like a scene. At the end of that episode of Tales of the Jedi is leading directly into the last episode of the Clone Wars. Okay. Where, yeah, with Order 66 has happened and Rex is not... Rex has had his inhibitor chip removed. Right, so he's he's a good guy and they're trying to fool everybody. Yes, they are pretending that she is his prisoner so that they can get up on them and escape and stuff. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Like, that seemed kind of obvious to me. Like, I didn't have the clarification because I haven't seen all of Clone Wars, but that seemed almost like, hmm, there's no more episodes of this arc on yeah. this show, but clearly this is like 
uh, alluding to that. So that's that's cool. That makes me want to go again. It makes me want to dive a little bit deeper, which I think is cool. I also think that's cool, and I think that you should dive deeper. At least watch season seven of the Clone Wars. I think it seven is, a is a masterpiece. Given. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a masterpiece in every conceivable way. The way it looks is beautiful. They used motion capture on some of the stuff, which is incredible, and the music is. I, I don't. It, I listen to the. I just put the music on sometimes, especially from that final episode. It's real good. Since you mentioned that, dude, I think the music in in Tales of the Jedi is some of the best Star Wars music lately. I don't know if the soundtrack is out. I haven't listened to it, but it's just so. It's so Star Wars, man. Like, put it in the box, dude. I think Kevin <laughs> Kiner has that that down pat. Again, with Dooku, like, he deserves a live-action thing. Ahsoka's gonna get a live-action thing. Kevin Kiner, I need this guy to do some music for a live-action Star Wars. We don't need to go down a tangent with the Star Wars music, but I think he's, like, one of the better, like, composers in in this era. And I think he deserves more than just the, the animated series. Just to have a little bit of gripe with the last thing you said, I think that's partially because, like, animation does not get just like systemically is not as respected as as live action in a lot of ways. Hey man, he's done tons of live action stuff though, just not Star Wars. I completely agree with you. I think Kevin Kiner has done some of the best music in Star Wars ever, live action or animated. Especially like, I, I think that's really hit home in season seven of The Clone Wars. But so much of his stuff is so good. And it's incredible. It's actually incredible to hear the evolution of it through the Clone Wars because we have seven years of that show, seven seasons of that show, I should say. I think this is a great tangent because I love him (laughs) and I also think he should do more Star Wars stuff. Nice. Yeah, I don't want to throw a lot of shade. Like we're watching Andor right now and the music is is great, but I fucking love the horns and the strings (laughs) and like, dude, don't fix it if it it ain't broke. Like just, just give me... The orchestra, but obviously like Star Wars evolves and and that's cool. We got to let other people like put their own stamp on it, but he's great. You know, I would love to, I wonder what some of these other series would sound like with just the cookie. I, I don't even want to say cookie cutter because it's still good on its own, but with the more stylized Star Wars, the style guide mm. for the original Star Wars, which I think Kevin Kiner like does really well. Yeah. It's such a fascinating thing about the Clone Wars because you have kind of George Lucas's protege eventually running the show and then Kevin Kiner, someone like Kevin Hmm. Kiner who's paying homages to the original music also like evolving throughout the course of the show. Right. So, so many good things about the Clone Wars. That's a good transition into some problems I have with Dave Filoni. I think that having this discussion about the Ahsoka arc is fine. I think that we cannot have this discussion without talking about the original material for the final episode of the arc and how it it corresponds to both a more specific and broader discussion I would like to have at some point. So we take this little bit of what I'm about to say out, extract this from this current <laughs> episode, and we can continue to have our conversation. But it is a conversation that is very important to have, and I need to have it in a as part of a whole system of conversations about this. It brings a question to my mind that I've been thinking about nonstop since watching this episode. The question being, when is art more... When does art belong more to the people 
than the artist? And I and that's a very complicated question, I know. And it's complicated even more by George Lucas having set a precedent with these special editions. But I think it's a question that's very worth having a discussion over, and especially when it comes to this episode. Dave Filoni is the creator of Ahsoka. There was an Ahsoka novel written by an author who is also problematic. She wrote queer characters of color into the novel that were erased in this episode of Ahsoka. When Dave Filoni made this episode, it, it created a complete erasure of, this, of these queer characters of color. And that's also a problem. Obviously, that's also problematic. So now both pieces, both the parent material and this material are problematic. And I'd like to discuss, and that needs to be discussed further. And even insofar as it relates to conscious consumerism and how, as fans, we responsibly consume this content. Now, Ahsoka has become, Ahsoka is a character that means so much to so many. She means a lot to me. She means a lot to a lot of others. And now we have this, you know, we have some ongoing problematic stuff with Rosario Dawson and other ongoing problematic stuff within Disney and the Star Wars universe that I think we need to discuss more broadly as a conscious consumerism factor. That all being said, I left these episodes feeling a little flat. Part of it is definitely because of everything I just said, for sure. Don't get me wrong. Like, that took out... First of all, I heard that that's what happened in this episode, and then I read articles. I will post a wonderful article from Dork Side of the Forest written by friend of the show, Hope Mullinax. It's a great article about all of about everything I just said. I strongly encourage you to check it out. But I heard about all of that before I even watched the episode, and I put off watching the final episode because I wasn't sure how to consume it or if I even wanted to. So that definitely impacted my interaction with the show as a whole and certainly that arc. But I will say, you know, to go back to a point that you said earlier about the Ahsoka one being uplifting and not as dark as the Dooku one, I understand the points that you made. I agree with the points that you made, but I also think it was also pretty dark in a lot of ways and very solemn and melancholy, which is fine. I mean, she goes and watches Padme's funeral, which is a very sad thing. In there's a lot in the first one. There's the tiger, and it takes her, and there's a very dark element to all of that. And then in the second episode, the whole training thing kind of, like, the harshness of Anakin in that. I mean, I, I, get, I get that it's Anakin and we should what we should expect from him. And it wasn't in actually until he started explaining why he was doing that, maybe like two-thirds of the way through the episode, like, why he was putting so much pressure on her that I finally, like, came to terms with why it was all actually happening in his own, like, Anakin little way. But I will say that I did not enjoy the Ahsoka arc as much as I enjoyed the Dooku arc, which is bizarre. I know. I don't have a Dooku shrine behind me. So it really muddied my feelings. It really gave me complicated feelings about the whole thing. Someone who like hasn't watched a lot of the Clone Wars but knows the Ahsoka character and stuff, and we know she's getting live action. Everything you just said, did this, did the Ahsoka arc of Tales of the Jedi make you more interested in the character? I know you said it like pushes you into want to watching more of like the Clone Wars and stuff, but specifically the character is this like, oh, I love this kid. Like, it's so cool to see this character do this thing. Yeah. Does it give you any yeah. of that? This is interesting because like, Everyone loves Ahsoka. I don't really, you're already on like kind of a 
negative train. I don't want to keep beating it. But like everybody loves Ahsoka and I'm not familiar enough with her to really love her. In Rebels, like she comes and goes and she could be a really interesting character in Rebels, but she just kind of pops in and pops out and pops in. And it's it's kind of hard to follow her story. Also, I literally get a comment like once a day that's like, write a song about Ahsoka. Like I have, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about her. And uh, it's just interesting that you're saying that. You're like, oh, what do you think? Do you want to dive deeper? And I'm wondering like if I was to binge all of Clone Wars, if I would feel the same way? Because literally everybody, that seems a universal thing about her is everybody likes mm. Ahsoka. I don't really have any problems with her. I don't think this makes me want to dive deeper, but I did like that they showed her kind of as a lone wolf after Order 66. And Bail Organa's like, when you want to get back in the fight, I like that at the end that she calls him and she's, that is obviously the bridge into Rebels, you know? Yeah. So that's satisfying. But also, again, they kind of jumped around. So there's too much Clone yeah. Wars to get into. I don't even know how to get into Ahsoka in the Clone Wars, you know, without just consuming the whole damn thing. Yeah, it's tough. I think it's completely worth consuming the whole damn thing. <laughs> I really loved the design of the Inquisitor. I really loved the voice acting for the Inquisitor. Like, that's what I want more from Inquisitors, that kind of voice, that kind of, like, ominous, dark, evil voice. Yeah, they should be scary. She beats him in, like, two seconds, which is great. He's like, no match for Ahsoka. I love that. What happens after that is she takes those lightsaber crystals and heals them, and those become her white lightsabers that we see in Rebels and then the Mandalorian. Right. And I really, really... I'm sorry that this is who I am and where I am in Star Wars, but I really, really wish they showed that happening yeah, okay. in the show. I was going to ask if that's that's where those lightsabers came from. And again, I think that was another thing that if you knew that that was part of the story, that that was kind of a wink and a nod and they chose not to show that moment, maybe they're going to save that for something else. Maybe that's a flashback in the Ahsoka show. Maybe. I just think it would have been like, I know, I, I know that it happens. I've read it. It's in the book. I love that it happens, but I really would have loved to see it. I, yeah. I just really would have loved to see it actually like, what does it look like? I want to know what it looks like. Like, it's not even like a, a canon thing for me. It's not like it's that's canon. They should show it. It's that I personally have a desire to see that happening. And it's funny because I thought the same thing at the end of the Dooku arc. I was like, I really would love to see him bleeding his lightsaber crystal and making his red lightsaber. Oh, that would be an interesting uh, dichotomy would, there, yeah. Yeah, I think so too, but I would all, I would just love to see both of those things happen. Yeah, that would have been interesting kind of side by side there. Hmm. Missed opportunity, or I don't know, I'm sure they thought about these things, but man, like that is why I feel on the four by four episodes of Krypton to Alderaan that people are like, <laughs> shut up about the Clone Wars, Joey, because like it, that takes some of the fun out of it. I, I see what you're saying, that those are, are cool things that would be cool to see. It'll be eventually, like, Star Wars loves filling in the gaps, so just wait, wait, and you will be rewarded probably at some point in time. I hope so. I, although I really would have also loved to see Kylo Ren heal his lightsaber crystals and then be wielding that white sword around, mm -hmm. and they didn't give us that either. So, anyway, one last question. Let me ask you this, Royce. If there's another, if there's a future for Tales of the Jedi... Who would you like? What are the next two 
characters you would like Tales to focus on. It seems like if it's Tales of the Jedi, it has to be that sort of era when there were Jedi. I mean, I guess you could do someone after Order 66 that's like hiding out, you know, and like on the run from the Inquisitors or something. I maybe I'll throw a wild card, maybe like Cal Kestis or something or Kanan Jarrus. Like those would be easy, low hanging fruit that you could certainly expand stories on and hook more people in to animation with that, or I guess video games or something. Or if they're bringing Cal Kestis into any other shows, like might as well plant some seeds. Uh, I would go with them. And I think Mace Windu might be a choice because he's he obviously has a lot of screen time in the prequels, but like he went on this mission with Dooku and like he was like rising through the ranks. Like who was his master? Like I, mm. I think that, that makes sense to branch out those webs of things that are already sort of connected to the stuff they've already set up. Those are probably top of top of mind for me. You get backstory from Kanan, from Rebels, Cal Kestis, bring in a video game character. I think that would be a cool X factor. And Mace Windu is an easy, like, I know that guy, you know? Yeah. So that's what I would do. I really, really like your Mace Windu idea. I like that one the most of all. But I also love all these characters. So I'm on board with all of them. But it would be awesome to see, like, who was Mace Windu before the prequels? I would love to see that, actually. Who would I pick? I think I would pick Yoda. I would love to see some... I mean, he's 900 years old. Yeah, or his parents, like, Jedi. Yeah. I haven't thought about my answer to this question. Classic! When you were talking about Mace Windu, you looked deep in thought. So I was like, he's definitely mulling something over. I would really love to see Mace Windu. That might have to be my answer. But there's so much to choose from. Sifo-Dyas. Seriously, though, I would love to learn more. I think that would be my pick because when we were talking before, I was going to point out that like when he when Dooku's deleting Kamino under Sifo-Dyas's name, I'm like, I'm still like, why? Why? Like they bring up Sifo-Dyas a little bit in the was Clone Wars. Was he Dooku's master? I think he's younger. I don't know. Are we bad Star Wars fans? No. I'd love to know more about Sifo-Dyas, especially before, like, there's so much more there, and it's only, it's almost exclusively a character that's only been, like, named places. <laughs> Whether it's novelization or, like, just his name is said in Attack of the Clones, and then he's a little bit, like, mentioned in the Clone Wars eventually. So those are my choices, let's say, for the next two, Yoda and Sifo-Dyas. That would be pretty epic. I mean, it's a it's a brilliant... Keep them coming. But also, like, don't be problematic about it. All right? Is that so much to ask? All right, listeners. You've heard our speculation on season two of Tales of the Jedi. What stories would you love to hear? And I guess they don't necessarily have to be Jedi. They were showing lots of, like, Republic citizens and Separatist citizens or whatever. Like, there's other stories to tell within them, but a Jedi's got to show up. What Jedi... Maybe even a Sith. How about this? Season two is Tales of the Sith. Oh, shit. Listeners, there's obviously a lot to explore. We would love to hear what you think. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Krypton to Alderaan. Just search that will pop up. You can also pew, pew, pew us an email, Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. And of course, rate and review wherever you're listening to the show or leave a comment if you're on YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll talk to you next time. I've been Royce. And I've been Cal Kestis. And we've been Krypton, Krypton 2. 2. Tales of the Gungan.